mutual love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing that, some have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those who are in prison as though you were in prison with them, and those who are being tortured as though you yourselves were being tortured. Let marriage be held in honor by all, and let the marriage bed be kept undefiled, for God will judge fornicators and adulterers. Keep your lives free from the love of money, and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So we may say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What can anyone do to me? Remember your leaders, those who spoke the word of God to you, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Through him, then, let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that confess his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Hello and welcome to the Lectio Cascadia podcast. My name is Brandon Rhodes, and I'm really glad you're listening today. Uh, uh, I want to also say thank you, as always, to Kev- Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for the music. So, this is landing in your podcast feeder uh, on a Saturday. Usually, <laughs> it's, a fr- it's a Friday. Um... Yeah, so a little bit about where I am. Um, I am down in Salem helping my parents move back to their home. You may remember my episodes from May and maybe early June mentioning my father's uh, health stuff. Well, the good news is he's doing well and he is back home. They've retired from Minnesota to Oregon and... Uh, I've spent the week working part-time and helping them settle in, so my flow of thought and preparation for this podcast was a little wonky. Um, so normally my method is to ponder it all week, scribble out thoughts, write, and then write and record and produce and publish all on Friday mornings, uh, or really Fridays. Um, and I, I, like I said, you know, yesterday I couldn't really get the juices flowing. I couldn't quite write well. Uh, so I said, ah, I'll just do it Saturday. Well, helping my parents with some stuff around the house, I cut my index finger. And I don't like using keys or screens with it, <laughs> especially since there's a Band-Aid on it. Uh, so writing, writing an episode is a bit difficult. Uh, so I just keep getting distracted with how it hits the keys wrong or doesn't move the cursor. So This is going to be one of those exciting episodes where I have some approximate notes, but for the most part, I'm going to simply be uh, ad-libbing this. So with that comes... Yes, a cerveza. Uh, I am drinking a level beer called Let's Play. It's a dry-hopped pilsner brewed in Portland, Oregon. So, all right, here we go. <laughs> um, yeah, so this episode is uh, from Hebrews. 
and it has some uncomfortable lines that gets a little bit rule emph- emphatic. It like starts off on this really clear, expansive uh, note. Let mutual love continue. And then it gets, you know, I like that. I like that. It's it's like you could summarize the the word of the holy to the holy embodiers, us humans. Um, so well, let mutual love continue. Keep on keeping on well together. And then it gets weird. Um, don't neglect to show hospitality. So good so far. Hey, but some of you have actually entertained angels without knowing it. Uh, okay, that's that's strange. Um, you know, the, the word for uh, angel in the original language is, it really just means messengers. Um, and I, I kind of like that. I don't... I'm open to the existence of angels. Uh, kind of like the idea. Uh, certainly the ancestors in my tradition believed in them. Uh, so I keep the door open, not closed. That said, there's a sense in which we can all be messengers. We can all be angels. Angelic. Uh, you know, maybe we all... Maybe you've had in this experience where you... You let a stranger into your life, um, and maybe it's to be a messenger to them. Maybe you're the one who care you. You are thinking of this as you're bringing life, wisdom, the good news, love to them. Good, possibly, um, but but often, um, if your life is really you know open to the possibility of the holy coming from. Anywhere, everything, as Father Richard says, um, they're the ones who become angels to you, messengers to you. They bring the word of God, uh, a word of life, um, this payload of new possibility and healing and harmony and belonging to you. The world becomes bigger because of what the stranger has brought and the script of you bringing something to them is flipped. That's a normal thing for those who have eyes and ears open to it. So that's that's how I hold that. I think there are probably maybe something that we might that might correspond closer to how we think of angels, but I, I, de- I do know this kind of angel, this kind of messenger is true, is real. Um, but, you know, it keeps going. Uh, remember those who are in prison as though you were in prison with them, those who are being tortured as though you yourselves are being tortured. Boy, there's a deep logic to, th- the logic in this is... Um, it's at least compassion and empathy. Um, but I, I would say if you if you hear this within the wider flow of the divine beca- animating reality, uh, particularly in the person of Jesus, what um, nerds on this stuff call incarnation, <laughs> um, you start to see that... Hmm, the logic of solidarity 
is in many ways the logic of what heals the world. Uh, there is a deep magic that breaks bullshit through solidarity. Remember those who are in prison as though you were in prison with them. Those who are being tortured as though you yourselves were being tortured. This logic of uh, embodied solidarity. Um, whatever mystical, noetic kind of things are going on in there, um, the logic of the bigger story is that this is what puts things right side up. We There is a deep unity that we are all waking up to, and redemption is waking up to and finding common embodiment of that common unity. Which, appropriately, is the next thing. Let marriage be held in honor by all, and let the marriage bed be kept undefiled, for God will judge fornicators and adulterers. Now, apart from what we what fornicators means there, it's a weird one, um, that basic, there's this old, old assumption that um, marriage is in some ways a window into the union of the divine and the human. Now, whatever, here's the thing, though. Um, all the nouns in there are negotiable, changing, and unfolding. What it means to be human is changing and unfolding as we learn more and more about um, neuroscience and sociology and uh, history, for God's sakes, and ecology and um, evolution, what it means to be human is changing. The divine changed in Jesus Christ. We, or our understanding of it, what we assume we mean with the word God, changed. And boy, yeah, the one <laughs> up front is the big, squishy, uncomfortable one here. Marriage. So how, how, do, you, how do you talk about marriage as being something as um, historically located as marriage? being a window into um, the big love that animates all things. It's a hard question because marriage used to mean be a property relationship. It kind of still is for a lot of people, sadly. Uh, it can be a dehumanizing union that keeps people trapped in abuse and control and death, and life, and newness, and possibility, and loyalty, finding a union that creates beyond itself, and creates space for that which is beyond either party, out of the ability of that party to create space for one another. You hear me? There is a solidarity with one another that marriage across the historical spectrum can embody. And to me, that's all that I think that <laughs> I will say is uh, 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 marriage is not necessarily from God, but it is can be deeply powered by God to reveal some of the deepest truths of reality. And it, i got to figure out how to say that without suggesting that there is one static sense of what that word means and who gets it and who doesn't. And um, 
making it because it becomes a window into the deeper magic of all things, not letting it be something that we have to, hmm, maybe the language of uh, one old rabbi said, you know, your ancient practice of keeping the Sabbath, having a day of rest and uh, abundance together, uh, humans are not made for it. That day is made for humans. So also with marriage. So when something is as um, tender as this idea comes up, I want to just acknowledge uh, all of that with you. So thank you. Boy, next up, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Oh, man. So if you hear all of these things, hospitality, uh, maybe with angels, solidarity with those in prison, uh, a fidelity that is transcendent and evocative of the deepest things of reality. So far, this is all just an unfolding, really, of let mutual love continue. And then what comes around the corner? Don't love money. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. You see, there's already enough. That's part of this mutual love thing, this Jesus tradition thing, is that there's already enough, and we are liberated from the love of anything that creates inward bentness, division, and exclusion. And that's what money does. Anything that creates oppression, injustice, dehumanization, money does that. Money creates a scarcity. It abstracts reality. The abundance of the land turned into pieces of friggin' metal uh, or paper. <laughs> uh, and be content with what you have. God, just gratitude is the flow of this. And now here's here's the one that um, I have a feeling in a lot of folks who find this to be a helpful show to, <laughs> to keep in their podcast catchers. Um, maybe a few of you... Yeah, this is the one that bugs you. Um, Remember your leaders, those who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Uh, Sometimes leaders are assholes. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Did I already get an amen? Um, Yeah, sometimes leaders are assholes. Um, a blind obedience to hierarchy and authority is part of the bullshit that Jesus is liberating you from. The Jesus that is the same yesterday and today and forever that calls you to live freed from oppressive, egotistical, small-minded, scared people and not not giving them ultimate authority. Here we are, early an early reflector in the Jesus tradition says, eh, there's still a thing about leaders. One of the early liberationists here saying, yeah, there's there's something to, um, you know, your, your contingents, your contingent creature. There are those you live with. There are those who came before you. This is a nice beer, by the way. Um, yeah, uh, there are leaders who uh, carry the tradition forward. And what I like about this passage is um, they say, consider the outcome of their way of life. Not let's don't obey everything they say. There's none of that. The people who brought you, who opened your, who helped open your eyes, 
consider the outcome of their way of life. See, listen, you learn how to think for yourselves in discerning the birth of holiness in them and imitate their faith, their loyalty, their allegiance to Jesus as um, the final window into reality for what it means to be human or God. I love it. There's no hierarchy here. There's leader language. That's not bad. We hear it. I hear it. Probably the early hearers of this letter heard it within a hierarchy complex and aversion. But what you're supposed to do is remember them and consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith, their allegiance to Jesus. They're, it's always penultimate, not ultimate. So any religious system that says you need to uh, submit to an individual, some office, hmm, hmm, at the deepest levels of reality is abundant, eternal, circle-dancing love, not power and pyramid. Which brings us to the wrapping up of this. Through him, then, let us continually offer sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that confess his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Yeah, pyramids are where sacrifices happen, aren't they? People who build pyramids demand and valorize death. Hmm. You know... Uh, the thing about this, this concluding line though is, ah, it's so good. This lovely exhortation, continue to offer a sacrifice of praise to God through Christ. The response of humans to God is to participate in Christ to praise God. Christ can be thought of as like this kind of resonance field in which we participate and through which the divine participates in humanity. And so in that participation, in that Christification, we present sacrifices to Creator. But notice what's up here. We're not just singing. Our lives are a song. We're not just sacrificing our lives of being more alive, not strictly dead or killing something are the sacrifice. We're not sacrificing animals or children or food. We are giving God lives of mutual love and care, of fidelity and mercy, of relationships that open you up to the deepest way down of all things, of liberation and embodied tradition of observing people who came before us and gave us life as fractured people who we aren't called to obey, but we are called to be with nonetheless and consider. God doesn't want dead animals. God doesn't want dead kids. God doesn't want your dead plants. God doesn't need sacrifices like that. God wants humans fully alive that is the sacrifice worthy of the God of everlasting love, of the nonviolent reconciling flow of reality through which in and in which all things find their home. Mm. Well, 
That wasn't such a bad uh, uh, reading after all, was it? (laughs) May your week ahead be filled with curiosity and wonder, gratitude and laughter, courage and presence. And may the peace of Christ be with you. Thank you.